Now, Nevada Real Estate Radio. You'll never go wrong when you get your advice from real estate professionals that you know, like, and trust. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Nevada Real Estate Radio. This is Peter Padilla. I'm glad you're joining me in the studio today. I have a lot of uh, things on my mind, and they involve real estate, but they also involved people state. You know, what state are people in in their minds? Where do they want to live? What do they want to do? How do they want to live? When you're talking about real estate, you're also talking about mentalities, environments, um, you know. Quality of life. Uh, you know, everything that you think about in living is not just the house, it's everything else. And it typically depends more than anything on three things that we talk about in the world of real estate. You've heard it before. What are the three most important things in real estate? People, people, and people. My guest here is shaking his head because most people think it's location, location, location. That's what and I was going to say. it is to a large degree. But really, you know, everything is in our minds. It's all about our mental states, like happiness. Everything is about people. They have such an big impact in our lives. They have a big impact in our real estate. We're going to talk about how people and people in power have an impact in real estate, not only in northern Nevada, but all across the country with our special guest in the studio today, local business owner, Eddie Lorton, is going to be joining us. Hang on. We'll be back after this. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own, or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? First, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should, like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes? For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put a proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started in the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. You're tuned in to Nevada Real Estate Radio. Great to have you joining us today. I'm always hot under the collar, but in the summer, I am even hotter under the collar because of the heat. I, it's getting close to 100 degrees. I love the outdoors, don't get me wrong, but when I go indoors, I want to be cool and comfortable. Now, after I have SunTech solar screening on my home, I absolutely am cool and comfortable, and I'm saving money because it's a great way to reduce your carbon footprint, cool your home with no electricity, no batteries, no internet, SunTech solar screening you will be absolutely amazed how cool your home can be as well. Visit the website, suntechsolarscreens.com. And tell them Peter sent you with me in the studio today, local business owner and longtime resident of Northern Nevada, Eddie Lorton. Welcome to our show, Eddie. Thank you, Peter. Pleasure to be here and glad to have another nice conversation about this state of the city and what's going on in our local area. Mm -hmm. I was doing a lot of research, reading a lot of books, really on how people operate throughout generations and centuries. Mm -hmm. And one of the things, Eddie, that I discovered, it was like an epiphany. The people that are the happiest in society really are the most difficult to be controlled by others. Mm -hmm. And I've also found that in order to 
be controlled or to control people throughout history, you look at all the leaders and dictators of this world, there has to be an unhappiness element to the relationship so that the individual or the group or the entity that wants to do the controlling can solve that unhappiness with a solution or a treatment or even just to placate somebody. For a little while, you start to have control over people. And this really troubled me, and it came to me as an epiphany in 2020, because I looked around the world, Eddie, and everybody was unhappy. And well, everybody felt like they were being controlled. Well, you've seen the, I'm sure, since you read books, The Art of War. Yes, of course. That's one of my Sun favorite Chu. ones. Well, yes, and there's a part in there, Divide and Conquer. Yep. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's unfortunate for us as a city and a nation and these things that are going on today. I mean, I, and if you have opinion, it's wiped out and slaughtered. I mean, I remember when uh, your own voice meant something, and it's too bad sometimes on this council they don't listen or they end up going the way of their special interest groups and, this, and the public doesn't matter much anymore. So that's the unfortunate part, but I wish those would rise up, let their voice be heard, and in turn, sometimes they're more accountable, like what's happening today is the city of Reno has closed meetings still, and they're still on Zoom, so they want to make it as difficult as possible so people don't get involved, because heaven forbid if they have to be held accountable in front of the public. So, you know, the city of Sparks has had open meetings for quite a while, and so does the county. The last one left is the city of Reno, where this stuff gets passed nonstop, and no public accountability, so this is their dream. So people need to watch this stuff, pay attention. Or what I've learned through politics is substance doesn't mean much. I mean, even when you're tenfold over the opponents that you're running against to try to represent people instead of uh, special interest groups and, and stuff like that, well, I always represented the people I cared, tons of meetings, tons of research, I know what I'm doing, but in turn they win because they have a smile or they're this or they're that or in the pocket of the good old boys. So it's a tough road sometimes when you're trying to do the right thing. So, Eddie, yes, I'm finding that there is so much stress going on. There's so much trouble going on. There's so many problems going on. And I believe that many times we are being aware of those things because they're being put in our face constantly. And that's all we're hearing about. Mm -hmm. And I don't hear about the good things going on. What are the good things happening for the majority of the people that live in Reno, that call Nevada home, that have been here for years, centuries, generations, what are the good things going on for the people that have toughed it out? Living in, you remember when living in Nevada was like, it was people thought you lived in like in Alaska. You were in a frontiers area. Where, how could you stand it in there? There's no water in Nevada. Everything yep. is dry. Death Valley days. Mm -hmm. uh, shoot people in Reno and everything, right? Yep. Nobody wanted to come to Nevada because it was, it sounded like it was so tough to be here. Mm -hmm. Well, now suddenly things have turned around. We've been discovered. And it seems like we are opening the doors to everybody but the people that were already here, the people that toughed it out. I hear so much, Eddie, about something called a housing shortage. Mm -hmm. I look around the city. There are more houses here than I've ever seen before. There's high rises going up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Condos, duplexes, more houses. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yes. It's disgusting how much is going on, how much traffic, how much noise, how much pollution, how much everything. And I keep hearing from uh, our civic leaders that we have a housing shortage here. And I'm thinking, uh, if we're trying to provide housing to all of California, yes. There you go. But they haven't said that. However, that may well be what the plan is, to provide enough housing so that everybody 
from California can move to Nevada, and then suddenly we have two Californians. Well, you've seen how there's a change in the politics in the state of Nevada, okay? And that is because a lot of people are moving here. I don't mind if people move here, but don't forget why you left and don't drag it here with you. So that's my statement. Mm. I love Nevada, and I love what it stands and should stand for, or in my eye, and I believe that change is inevitable, but I think that people should have the right to choose certain things and you should stick to the Constitution and what your rights are. But I say our, our area and our state isn't for sale for our natural resource data state developers and that's been going on. If you look at all these projects that have been approved, there's a lot of commonalities from who the uh, lobbyists are, for instance. They're making a fortune off this stuff, and right now, all of a sudden, we're not only approving projects that shouldn't be approved, they're also giving spiffs, so to speak, like out at Stonegate. I mean, we can go each development on each individual thing. I'll just mention some examples. Out at Stonegate, now they're hitting the city to uh, sell off some bonds so that they can get a low interest rate loan on their infrastructure to increase their bottom line. Should the city be doing this? No. No, they've never done it. The developers are responsible for their own infrastructure from police to fire stations and the sewer. And like north of town, we already have a traffic problem. And now they're going to put in 5,000 units out there, which is the second largest development in the whole state that's ever been approved. So they're doing things like this, but we can go through, if you'd like, these developments on a case-by-case -case basis, but what a bunch of them have in common is one of the same lobbyists that are shared from the casinos to the developers, and that person in particular is getting everything done. I've never seen them speak at a council meeting anymore, and they have a 100% closing ratio. Imagine that, what's the odds of that? And every single project they represent gets ran through if we like it or not. And that's why right now with these closed meetings, they love it because out at daybreak, it was a prime example and I'm quite an expert on the city and, the, and what they do. I've been doing it for years to protect my own investments because they do zone changes that affects your investments. So you have to go and bring your attorneys to protect your investment, which you would hope and think that they're protecting that and want the best for the citizens. But in the end, sometimes it doesn't work out that way. So I keep an eye on things. And then there's a point where you can't just talk about it and complain. You actually have to get involved. And a lot of people are busy with their lives, so they fail to do that. But now with this closed meeting, so to speak, on Zoom, they make it as impossible as it can possibly be to be on there and give their two cents and they're not looking you in the eye. And Daybreak is a great example. Nobody wanted it out there. I mean, and we're going to get into a lot on the Daybreak project, but nobody wanted it out there. And now all of a sudden they had a Zoom meeting and then the first guy came on and he said certain colorful things. We'll say they shut off all public comments, what they cannot do. That's an open meeting law violation. But now our AG is pretty lame and our past one was to where that should be reheard. They should do it correctly. But instead, they let them get away with shutting down the public. They didn't hear any more comments and there were hundreds to be made and they shut it down right there on Zoom and wouldn't take public input and then ran it through with flying colors even though we just been sued for a project in Lemon Valley for building in a floodplain. Let's do it again and get sued even worse because there's a case record of that getting approved, getting sued, and now they're going to approve this one. And damage control from city monies as part of that is damage control on lawsuits. So, you know, there's, there's big issues there. I don't hear many people talk about the things often that are on my mind that I see. They're so obvious, they're in my face, mm -hmm. yet 
people seem to be walking around in a trance, looking in every way except at what our city government is doing to change what the Truckee Meadows looks like. In fact, it doesn't look anything no. in many ways like it used to when I came here in mm -hmm. 2020. I wanted to come to a nice, lovely community. I got here in Reno, Nevada. Absolutely love it. Look, I still love it today, but the surface area of the Truckee Meadows is no longer like what it used to be. Many more people, many more buildings, much more high-rise, tons of, of traffic, and carbon footprint. It's absolutely huge here in northern Nevada already, and it's going to get worse. We're going to talk about that and the real estate impacts of inviting others to come in and invade our state without any kind of controls or real plans. Talking about that with Eddie Lorton after this. The best thing you can do for your business, Nevada Real Estate Radio. Here is your host, Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. What a great day to tune into our show today. Home ownership is still the dream of most young Americans, and that's what we're talking about today. Protecting the dream of home ownership and making it affordable as well. In today's times, you might think that's impossible. The only way you'll really get started and find out where your capacity lies is to visit with a qualified mortgage lender. I recommend you visit with Brian Cushing from the Guild Mortgage Team. Brian Cushing is awesome, many years of experience, knows about navigating through the complexities of helping buyers get their first home, move up home, second home, investment property. Brian Cushing is the person to call. Get all of his information on our website, nevadarealestateradio.com, and tell him Peter sent you. With me in the studio, one of my best real estate contacts in Northern Nevada is Eddie Lorton. Eddie is a local business owner, lived in Northern Nevada many years. I'd like to get back for a quick second to what you talked about in the last segment about the fact of some overbuildings going on. Well, now lately a new issue that has occurred, now all of a sudden they want to do a water moratorium. And as they're building, where in the past they've done, I want to talk about a building moratorium. So, you know, that's upset some of the local suppliers that owns a big company in Sparks there. And, of course, all the developers that want to fleece us and pillage us that are out of state, they'll come here, make their money, and leave us with what we have. So, lately, I would hope citizens would rear up and start talking about our water situation as well as sewer and stuff like that. I own several businesses in this community, and it ranges from a small business I've had over 36 years. I still do it because no one's too good to work, and don't forget where you came from. So that's ET Carpet Cleaning I've owned mm. for 36 years now. I still keep the guys going. We have a lot of big accounts because don't forget where you come from. And then also I'm a headhunter for certain people in the community that are very big, and I'm in charge of water and land acquisitions. I'm a real estate expert for the city of Reno. I wrote them a property disposal program. And I've been pushing this for over 12 years, so I, through that property disposal program, I identified 650 pieces the city owns, and I found 150 more than the city even knew they owned, which were the ones in the redevelopment agency that were the industrial and commercial ones, the ones worth the most. So then the policies I went through, it would have cost them 180000 to do. I did it for free in two days. There was 150 pieces they didn't even know about that could be sold off. And first off, what I did on my policies and plan was, first off, you identify the pieces. Secondly, 
you should repurpose and see what the city would need for a police station instead of another disaster when they paid the seven million bucks for the RGJ building full of mold and asbestos and a rebuild when they have free land they could have used, save that money from a state of the art from the ground up. So this stuff drives me crazy on what they do there and took it off the tax rolls, by the way, on a riverfront piece. And then besides that, first off, they repurpose. Secondly, they sell to another government agency, of course, for the full appraised value that could use it. And then thirdly, then they would do to an adjoiner. So if there's a business that wants to expand and a city piece is next door, they should give him first crack at it, of course, for the full appraised value. And then fourthly, it should be gone to public auction, and that's what it's supposed to be. These are the city's assets. Me as a tax-paying citizen, I own pieces of these, and so do you. Mm -hmm. So therefore, these should be auctioned off, do 10 at a time so you don't glut the market, and then you get the biggest bang for your buck that could pay off the debt, that could pay for all these things that the city needs, and instead what they do, this is their little trick. And they even stopped it in California because it was so abused. It's called the Redevelopment Agency. So this city puts a lot of the pieces in the Redevelopment Agency, and then what they do is then they give it to their friends because then it doesn't have to go to public bid in the Redevelopment Agency. So they can give it to their friends like they've given property to the Jacobs Group. They've done this, they've done that, tons of giveaways to developers and they'll claim they're going to build affordable housing and later it's not or they give it to the guy next to the Harris Automobile Museum for the 1.1 million dollar piece it was appraised at then he claimed he was going to build his Porsche Museum he did not he still gets it now it's for sale I mean if you saw the abuse that goes on in the money I'm a money guy and a numbers guy okay I, I would have been the best mayor we ever had because the, the city and the citizens is who I have in mind and I know how to get the biggest bang for your buck believe me and no one could over outsmart me, overdo me, all these things or get ran over, that would never happen. So therefore, in the end, I gave them this property disposal program with policies. In the end, they did nothing with it. Would have cost them 180 grand, gave it to them, itemized lists of the properties they've owned. Since they've given away a bunch more. Now, finally, as you've seen in the news lately, okay, notice how all of a sudden they're going to sell off some real estate to pay for the new pool. I said that 12 years ago, and that's what you can do these things for. See, it could take care of necessities, because as you mentioned before, quality of life means stuff in this area. So a, a golf course, a, a, a tennis court, you know, like Lake Ridge, what a disaster, a swimming pool. So these things happen. Quality of life matters, and they lose touch with that. And all they are, when you look at their C&E reports, that's a cash and expense report I've ran, and you see where the money comes from. Out there, one of my opponents for the last city council, a large seat, there is one of the council members that Devin got $35,000 from the developers, had a closed-door meeting as reported by the RGJ right before the vote, and voted yes in building in a floodplain. So... No one knows the things I do about how they operate, what they do, but I'm here to help them be better and represent citizens. That's why I hold them accountable at times, but man, they get away with a lot. Eddie Lorton is our guest. Eddie is a local business owner, longtime resident of Northern Nevada, former candidate for the mayor of Reno. I really thought Eddie Lorton was going to win the first time he ran, and it didn't work out. And then this last time, Eddie, because unreal. of the way national politics go, yep. national changes are happening in the world mm -hmm. uh, because of the way the media is working in the world, yep. because of the way that now any one person, if they have the right capacity, 
can change the status of people in millions of places. Yep. Just with a keystroke button, I was not really surprised because I don't believe hardly anything on the internet anymore. Eddie, I question everything. I uh, always wonder if it's truly a reliable source. And I'm rarely there because it's kind of like watching sausage made. I'd rather not look. Uh, I'd rather just find out what, what the... Just eat what it. The, just eat it and then go, <laughs> you know. Well, every, uh, everybody was voting for me. I was quite shocked, too. And I mean, like when you look at it, substance and everything. But that's why, too, you know, when three-quarters of the council's running against you and they're one of the good old boys and then they make a fake position, the vice mayor, yeah. and then he's running the meetings, all the things they did to try to give him a leg up on me and called him an incumbent when he was never elected. They just appointed him. I mean, there's such detail, and I know about the whole thing and what was what occurred but you know the pendulum swings from left to right where little people know I am a Republican but they want to have you be this whack job like if someone's a Democrat they want you to be the whack job I got news for you I'm in the middle I'm staunch conservative on the money but I was nonpartisan forever I wasn't in either party and then when you run you get in one or the other and guess what I helped Jenny Breckis get elected, which is a Democrat, because I don't care about how her national politics are. I go by on what she votes on. And on that city council, she votes the correct way. That's why they all tried to get rid of her. That's why they all come after Jenny. And I supported her. She won by 80-some votes, and this is a Republican. I helped a Democrat because she votes right, and she won by 85 votes, and I got her over 1,000 because they wanted another good old boy kid in there, which all you had to do is look at his C&E reports. All the developers gave him money. All the suppliers gave him money. The key is all there. Follow the money. Jenny Breckis, I know her. She's been on our radio show before. In fact, before she ran for the position on city council. She was a, one of our guests mm -hmm. when we were doing a profile. And I've had her on the show uh, maybe once or twice since then. And although we don't agree with everything, oh. I have found that she has one of those qualities that are very, it's very difficult to find this quality mm -hmm. in a politician. And that is this, honesty. Yes. She's an honest person. And I may not like what she is doing in certain instances, yeah. but she's honest and tells me about it. But I don't agree but, you know, with her on everything, too. But you know what? There's a lot of things that she's done that I do agree with her. And politics aside, um, I think she's the most reliable person yes. I can think of when I think about the Reno City Council. She'll but, look at it with an open mind and then judge mm -hmm. it. My big concern about today, Eddie, is I'm concerned about the young people of America, yeah. the young people of Nevada, mm -hmm. the young people of Reno. Yep. I live here, and the people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s, I don't believe are fully aware no. of what the city council is doing for their future. Look, me, I've got a lot of things I want to do. But late see. days matter. <laughs> I late. care about my quality of life from here on. Oh, absolutely. But the fact is, if you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, I yeah. would hope that you're going to be able to enjoy living in northern Nevada when you're my age. Yes. Because at this rate that I'm seeing, you won't be able to. You'll want to get out and run. Yeah. I'm already seeing a brown cloud over the Truckee Meadows because there's so many automobiles, yeah. so many people. And don't tell me we need electric cars. We're the a perfect is, smog bowl. The problem is the people. There's too many people here. Yeah. I am concerned about the people that invested in Nevada mm -hmm. before the present times and now are seeing it change dramatically. Yes. So because of that, I think it's important that you know that the people, a very small group of people in the Reno City Council, have the power to change your whole world. They do. They will absolutely change your whole world, and they will do this without consulting you. I guarantee it. Yep. I have never been consulted All the on time. any of these changes, 
the, uh, the embarrassment on South Virginia, the embarrassment in North Valleys, the embarrassment in uh, Stead, the embarrassment in every, I mean, it's just unbelievable what's going on here. And the only people that are talking about it are the people I think that are actually seeing things for what they are. Mm -hmm. There's so much smoke, mirrors, diversion, and yeah. distraction of the major decisions that are going on in northern Nevada. You forgot I, I, corruption. I, I am seeing so much happen all around me everywhere I go. I just want to close my eyes. The only mm -hmm. problem is I'm driving in my automobile, so I have to look at what's going on. <laughs> We're going to talk about what's happening on the corner of Mill Street and McCarran when we come back with Eddie Lorton on Nevada Real Estate Radio after this. Your Nevada Real Estate Questions with answers from Peter Padilla. We're back on Nevada Real Estate Radio. Good day to tune into our radio show today. I love real estate. I love the world of real estate. I love having real estate. And I love being able to do certain things because I have real estate. You see, one of the great things about being a homeowner or owning property is that you can go to different areas of your life and of your mind and of your adventure that you never could go if you weren't an owner of real estate. I'm talking about becoming a beekeeper. That's what I do. Last six years, it's a great pastime for me. I'm actually spending more time and more time with my beekeeping world. It's an incredible experience. You don't need a lot of real estate. In fact, you technically don't even need real estate. You need just to know somebody that has a little bit of real estate. If you want to learn more about becoming a beekeeper, I'm encouraging you to visit NevadaStateBeekeepers.org and then register for the big statewide bee conference, Feb 25 and 26 of 2022. I'm there every year and I'm looking forward to seeing you there too. Nevada State Beekeepers Conference. Visit NevadaStateBeekeepers.org. With me in the studio, talking about real estate throughout Northern Nevada, specifically in Reno, Nevada, Eddie Lorton, local business owner, former candidate for the city of Reno's top position, mayor of Reno. And we're talking about some of the different developments that have uh, you know, amazingly appeared Yes. Here in northern Nevada over the next few years, and suddenly uh, with them, they bring congestion, crime, mm -hmm. traffic, more problems, people problems. I mean, so many problems, and none of these people were here before. We mm -hmm. invited them here. Yes, and we invited subsidies. Them. Uh, it's, and now we, we must have, uh, I know it impacted the real estate world because everybody's talking about a real estate shortage, a housing shortage, and Eddie, that's not true. There is no housing shortage in Northern Nevada. I tell people, I see more houses than ever yep. in Northern Nevada. Mm -hmm. People see, people are afraid to be Mr. Obvious. They're afraid to be Mr. Literal. Common sense isn't so common, Look, Peter. There's too many people for the houses. Is the problem the houses? Those houses didn't do anything to me. For the infrastructure the and the area. They came, they knew when they came here. Mm -hmm. It's tight, a lot of people. A lot of traffic, more traffic coming. I don't care where they came from, whether they came from Los Angeles, San Francisco, Denver, or some farm community yep. in any other part of the world. I don't care. It's when you come here, you know what you're getting. And immediately, it seems like so many people, Eddie, they come to our lovely community, mm -hmm. and the first thing they want to do is change it. Yes. They want to change it to look like where they came from, where they say they didn't like, but and they're bringing home. those same things here. Yep. Eddie... Our local civic leaders, I believe, have a right to protect the lifestyle yes. that those of us have been here for years and years and years Agreed. have accust grown accustomed to. Yep. In fact, 
we have invested in this lifestyle. Yes. I remember when I first moved to Reno, Eddie, in the year 2000. Gee, it seems like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. There was a, an organization in northern Nevada called Keep Truckee Meadows Beautiful. Yes. That organization may well be involved today, but you know what? I never hear about them. It seems like nobody is interested in keeping Truckee Meadows beautiful. Now, they're interested in building homeless shelters all along the river. Yep. They're interested in building roundabouts all across our city. They are interested in opening their arms and doors to every Californian that wants to move to our lovely state. And buying art. But I don't understand why there is no concern well, for the people of Reno, the local people that have been here and invested their times and lives. Well, Eddie, what's at, your thought? I've been in Reno politics, and for one, that shelter was a giant mistake because, you know, I know the law quite well in 2014. I took those old council members, which were Jessica, Bob, the whole group, Dwight Dorch, went to the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. And I set case law for term limits because they were term limited out, acting like they didn't know what the charter said. I knew what it said, so I put my money where my mouth is. We went to the Supreme Court and won. Okay? Well, so we know the law. I beat them a lot and made the ballpark pay their taxes, $2.7 they owed. And he was in cahoots with some of them. He didn't pay. I went in with my attorney, held the county commission responsible. They're the gatekeeper, their administrator, collecting our tax dollars, mm -hmm. where if you don't pay, your house is going to get leaned within right. a year and a half. Therefore, the billionaire needs to pay that owns Meadowood Mall and 356 malls. So I beat the 33rd richest man in the world. I laid the gauntlet down, pointed those things out, and then we're all being prejudiced against everyone in the room that has to pay or you get a lien. So he has a month to pay or I'm suing you. Guess what? He met my deadline and paid the $2.7 So now, when it came to it, anyway, the point is, we know the law. Okay? If I'd have been mayor, we'd have went in and litigated with the county because they're responsible to pay for and place social issues, which means the homeless shelter. Mm -hmm. So our previous mayor put that right in the middle of our city for... There's lots of rumors and reasons why, but there it was. We were stuck with it, but not really, because I would have litigated with the county to, they get all the funding to place and pay for it, okay? And we would have litigated, and they would have had that situation to deal with, not the city of Reno. So it's been nothing. We we're in at over 40 million, now in 11 million more. Everyone's coming here. The city is getting devastated. Okay, property values are going down. There's too many homeless people running around Reno. They're letting them camp and stuff. But that's a side issue, and it's really bad for the city and everything. But my idea was, because if you put yourself in a tent, downtown there's too much stimulation. You have drugs, alcohol, gaming, prostitution, everything, and three hots in a cot right there with the homeless shelter there. Too much stimulation to get out of that situation. Or me, I believe in helping people too, but you have to be smart about it. So you put it out of the county near a bus line, and they're responsible for it. So if you call a cop, you can get one, and they're not busy. The number one calls a service place in all of Reno, and that's down there at the shelter. Then they could actually service you. We wouldn't have all those costs that, that come with that. And then, too, they'd be more apt to get enrolled in programs without all that stimulation to get out of that situation. So it gets frustrating at times. So back to now I would have litigated with them, got rid of the homeless shelter, and then added value to the markets in our city and quality of life. That has had a huge impact mm -hmm. on real estate values and real estate desirability in northern Nevada. Yep. I can't think of anybody who would want to live in an area if they're a typical homeowner, three bedroom, two bath, two car garage, 
with kids in school, with a yeah. loving couple, nice and happy, yeah. to be living around people that are, quote unquote, homeless. Yes. Now, let me tell you, I don't believe homeless. I think the word homeless is, for the most part, a, a lie. Mm -hmm. The reason is because home is not a house. Yeah. Home is family. Yes. And if these people truly have no family, then, um, I, well, I just can't believe it. I believe that many of the homeless people, Eddie, they're called homeless so that uh, politicians can get funding and sympathy and yes. yeah. emotional impact and spread bad news. But the mm -hmm. reality, these are people that need mental help. Most of the people, from what I some have of them are a lot of them. That there's aren't. a lot of mental issues yep. in homeless. Mm -hmm. A homeless person that lives homeless by the river, of his or her choice, mm -hmm. that has no interest in doing anything but being homeless for the rest of their life. I can't believe that person made that choice yeah. logically. There's a mental issue there. If that's what you choose, if you choose to live this way, you have a mental problem. Mm -hmm. I found out recently that the mental institutions are nowhere to be found in Nevada. And that's when it started quite a while back. There, there are so many programs that they have. So if someone truly wants to get help, and a lot of it's addiction issues as well, mm -hmm. and that leads them to doing what they do, and then the crime rates go up. There's a lot of bad things that come with homelessness besides them getting abused, all these things. But now we have shelters to where they have a place to go, but the problem is they don't go because they have to abide by rules. They can't be drunk. They can't be wasted. They can't follow their own rules. So those that don't want to follow the rules, I don't think we should allow to pee and poop on the sidewalk and camp in the river. And then us taxpaying citizens can't go to the park or do the walking path next to the river. Look, Eddie, let me just, let me say, look, if there are people that feel like it's okay for others to pee and poop in mm -hmm. the park, yeah. on the sidewalk, and mm -hmm. in the river, if, if there are people, local residents that live around that and they're okay with that, then in their neighborhood, I'd say it's okay. Yeah. So the only neighborhood I can think that's like that is San Francisco. So I'm inviting everybody that wants to live like that to go to San Francisco. Well, our mayor actually went on a thing in California stating how great our homeless shelters were, kind of advertising for them to come here. Well, sure, so we are inviting noticed, these things. We are inviting as many are. homeless as we're inviting people that are, are claiming of a housing shortage in Nevada. There's no housing shortage. It's the Californians coming here saying, hey, all the people there are happy and living in their homes. We can't, we can't invade. We can't come in. There's no homes for us. And yep. the media picks it up and says, housing shortage in northern Nevada. Give me a break. Uh, there, I believe there's, you know where I think there's a real housing shortage, where? Eddie Lord? In California. That's because they're leaving there, and now they want to tax them for leaving there because they see how other places, they want to destroy what they have and move to the next state and destroy that too. Well, so now they're branching out. And so the state of California say, hey, wait a minute, we want our money too. We yeah. have a housing shortage. There aren't enough houses being filled by the people that are living leaving to Nevada. Yeah. So I don't believe anytime anybody says there's a housing shortage, because there's plenty of builders going, there's plenty of people moving. The only housing shortage is in people's minds, and it is not a housing shortage. It is too many people migrating to an area that can't support it. Yeah. You know, the Truckee Meadows cannot support more traffic. The Truckee Meadows cannot support more smog, more pollution. We more don't crime, have the sewer, pollution. the water. We don't have any of this infrastructure in place to support much more, if any. Young people who are listening to our program, please. Mm -hmm. Call and talk to your city council representative. Send them an email, call them, visit them. Same thing with the mayor. Let them know that you are unhappy with the way they are changing 
northern Nevada. We moved here for a reason. We moved here because we like it. I don't like it as much as I used to, and I'm afraid that tomorrow I might like it even less. We are going to have members of the City Council of Reno visiting us in the coming weeks. We're working on those setups right now. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, we have Eddie Lorton, former candidate for Reno City Mayor, local business owner, and a great person to talk to about real estate and what's happening in Northern Nevada developing. We'll be back with him after this. Your Nevada Real Estate Questions with answers from Peter Padilla. Back on Nevada Real Estate Radio, what a great day to tune into our show today. If you run a business, own a business, or starting a business, or even get into the world and business of real estate investing, I encourage you to talk to Sherry Hill from Sage International. She can help you put the right structure together, give you the right guidance, and make your business or real estate investment the success that you want it to be. And more. Want to learn yourself what it's all about? Go to the website, sageintl.com. Ask for Sherry Hill and tell her Peter sent you. With me in the studio, Eddie Lorton. I don't know anybody that knows more about Northern Nevada, Reno, city government, and what's happening currently in the city council than Eddie Lorton. I'm glad you're with us in the show today. Eddie. Glad to be here, sir. So we, my big reason that I called you recently to ask you to come back to our show again mm -hmm. is because I read something in one of the local publications about what is happening in the area where I used to go work out at the gym, have great lunches at the restaurant, fantastic swimming pool, the only 10-foot diving board that I know of in Washoe County in a beautiful location, Lake Ridge, charming in all other ways, next to a beautiful golf course. Mm -hmm. I've always loved living near there and driving near there and working out at the gym and playing tennis, and there's so much. Yeah. Well, Eddie, fast forward just a few years later, it's now demolished. And now in that lovely little spot, I don't know how many acres, I think it's maybe two or three acres, mm -hmm. very small spot. Yep. I thought they might build, oh, 15 or 20 homes there. I thought that would be a great home site. There are some beautiful homes in the area. Delightful. <clears throat> what do I find out they're going to put in there? Some incredible monstrosity of townhomes or condominiums stacked one on top of the other, three stories, a ton of traffic again coming to our area. Eddie, I'd had it. Well, I sent an email to all the people on the city council. I told them I'm disgusted with what they're doing because of this and so many other things. And now I have the expert in front of me to talk to me about it. Eddie, let's start with Lake Ridge. Eddie, talk okay. to us about what's happening and what's going and happening in the Lake Ridge area. As they say in the cattle industry, it's not cutting time. So let's look at these projects, who the lobbyists are, right. what's occurred. Okay. So over at Lake Ridge, okay, this is our little thing that they do. Okay, and also... Notice how it's going to be the density that they have at Park Lane Mall. And there is the same developer doing it that is represented by the same lobbyist, which is Jessica Sferraza. Okay? And what they do now, their little trick on when these developers go in, they ended up getting everybody in Lake Ridge on board telling them they were going to remodel. This is the true terrible part about this whole thing. They got everyone involved in the community. They said they were going to remodel their pool. They said they were going to remodel the tennis courts. All these promises they made to the homeowners that were there. It's a planned community with Lake Ridge. Been there for years. Mm -hmm. They made all these empty promises to all these citizens there, okay? And what they do, then they go in at first and they get approved. And that was to be a 200-unit 
dense capacity apartments, okay? So they went in there, but it would have included the swimming pool and the tennis courts. So now, once they get it approved and they get you, the homeowner and citizen, out of the equation, then what they do is after that, they go back for a change. All of a sudden, they went from 200 units to 300 units because they make more money on that same piece of land, okay? So then they went from 200 to 300 units, and you know the council's little trick now? Instead of them having to rehear it, what they do is run it through the planning commission then so they're not held accountable to the public. So that's their little trick too. I know government inside and out. So instead of them having to be accountable to the citizen after they said, we're going to remodel the pool, the tennis courts, all these things, then they lied to them and they turn around and go for more density to make more money. So it's a stepping process is what they do. They go in with the 200, all the promises, they get rid of you. Then they come in for the 300 unit capacity, which is like down a park lane, it looks like. And that's how ghettos and slums are formed. The traffic's going to be terrible. Plus, pools are in short supply now for the community. And they lied to the homeowner. And then this council is approving every step of that which people, you know, you can be mad at these people that are elected, but I ran and gave these people a chance to make a difference. So sometimes don't be mad at the elected. Be mad at the people that keep electing these people. I called out all these developments in advance, what they were going to do, how they are going to, everything came true, and then they didn't want to be held accountable to do certain votes before the election, and then afterward, then they could do everything with no political fallout. So that was a problem there that they did that. And then also look, there is a commonality between a lot of this, and that's the lobbyist Jessica, we'll call her, okay? And she is making a fortune off doing these things, and then they get other things and advantages and hooker, uh, I mean, they get uh, sewage hookups, discounts, and all these different things. So, I mean, but they're upzoning and doing all these things to the area and the citizens, and, and that was terrible for them. So instead, there was an appeal, but notice how they didn't wait to tear down the tennis court. That's how corrupt they are. Instead of waiting till after the appeal to tear down the tennis court and the swimming pool, it was under appeal, and they wiped it all out. So if you know there's going to be a sure yes vote, I mean, look what they did in the order they did it in when there's an appeal they should have done red tag that that development and stopped all work until that appeal was heard you know i don't think that the city council's decisions in the aggregate eddie i know we have maybe one or two city council people that uh, think logically on any given uh, day but they're about outvoted. the issues but they're outvoted but you know the fact is that we are being sold a bill of goods and my big trouble with uh, so much that's happening is not only with our city leaders, but with the local media. Mm -hmm. Because, I, I, let me ask you, Eddie, have you had an interview like this with any of the major television stations or top news investigative teams about what's going on in the city of Reno and your feedback? Well, before, four was always pretty fair, and then later they stayed out of it. With the RGJ, that's about useless. It's terrible when you have to buy advertising to get out your word. But like this is Reno and them, they're all the same now, and it's too bad. I think they should just report what's happening and the facts and don't editorialize it with your opinion. That's where true journalism goes awry because they editorialize it into their opinion and spin it that way when they should just report the facts. Let people decide. People are smarter well, than you think. Here's the thing, Eddie. I don't believe that's ever going to happen again. I think the media has been can only hope. There is no such thing as journalistic integrity. It's all editorial, yes. and it's all sensationalism. So what the only impact I believe that I can have is to talk to the listeners 
listeners, the viewers, the readers, the mm -hmm. citizens of America is this. Don't believe what you hear, see, or read in the media yep. unless you check it out two, three, four, or five times. And even then, it may not be presented in such a way that you actually really know still what's going on because there is so much noise and deception in the world of media. Yep. I find many times that the best media is the media that is turned off or not read. There is too much noise in the world. Too many brains are being poisoned by outside sources yep. that are not credible. People don't take the time to do the research. Oh, we're all busy, but don't have the excuse when things turn out. But it's our own fault for not doing the research. I have, but not everyone has that time or capabilities. Or, but mainly it's time. A lot of people are lazy, but, but they don't have time, and they're busy living their lives, and they count on these people to do the right thing, and it isn't happening. That's why we need people like you in our world. Eddie Lorton from Northern Nevada. Eddie, we have a few more minutes. Okay. I'd like to run down the list of okay. major projects of concern okay. for real estate owners, investors, homeowners, people mm -hmm. with children, young people. This is going to change your lives. Yep. You need to know what's going on. So go ahead and go on to the next one. Okay, well, let's start at Stonegate. You mentioned North. Okay, so that's up in the Cold Springs area. So there's a giant project, over 5,000 homes. It's going to be the second largest development ever built in the state. Imagine the magnitude. It's like another city. Yes, and you've already seen the traffic problems we have north it's horrendous anyway. horrendous in the north. Horrendous already. And it's going to be way worse. And what about the flooding issues up there and the lack of water? I, I we'll wonder get into how that. can you put 5,000 people yep. in a dry lake? Well, and then also that, we don't have police, fire, we don't have sewer out there. So guess what the next step is? And, and there's a lobbyist there, his name's Greg Ferraro, is a lobbyist for the Stonegate Project. So certain ones get certain things. And they found a new way to flee citizens, and that is through, now all of a sudden they want to sell city bonds, okay, and the whole council's on board. So they want to sell city bonds to guarantee them a low interest rate loan to increase the developer's bottom line. So now we're going to be responsible. So we're guaranteeing a loan for them to make more profit so they can build the sewer out there. So does that make sense? No, I would never be liable. Every, every developer is supposed to be responsible for the infrastructure. Later they donate it back to the city and then we take care of maintenance from then on. That's how it rolls. But now they found new ways to fleece the people and we'll get into certain other ones through this one by selling the bonds and then we're gonna be guaranteeing low financing for the for the uh, sewer lines. Plus, we don't have a police. We don't have a fire station out there. And in the past, developments like this would have to build a police and fire station. Now they've like let them go from doing that. So it's all going to be a need out there. It'll be its own small town. Bigger than Fernley will be out there. And imagine no infrastructure, guarantee these loans to increase their bottom line, and they're going to make a bunch of money, and we're going to be stuck with traffic and no water. The sewer bills are skyrocketing because they've taken money for the Park Lane Mall project. Now they're doing another assessment out there, and then they'll have to build more sewer. The developers should be paying for all this. It gets quite complex, and a lot of people don't know these things. Who do you think is going to pay for the new sewer system to pay for these 5,000 people? All the citizens out there and your sewer rates, not the developers that should be held accountable to build this new sewer system that's going to be self-sufficient for out there? No, we're going to be stuck holding the bag. Trouble in Stonegate. Let's move on to the next one. Okay, so then we're going to go to the next one. Now, let's talk about the Park Lane Mall. Here's another sewer issue for Park Lane Mall. The development they built down there, which I did an open meeting law violation and won it, but Laxalt was running for governor and was too busy with that to worry about an open meeting law violation. Later, they sided with me where 
This council gave, of course, Reno Land Development. They were also the developer for Lake Ridge with the same lobbyist, was also the developer of Park Lane Mall, okay, Reno Land Development, okay? And so somehow they found another way to fleece the people. They subsidized, you know, out of your sewer fund, $3.6 million. They didn't write it on the agenda right, but not only that, they gave money to, of course, Jessica's client, $3.6 million out of your sewer fund so your rates could go up. And it specifically states in NRS 278B, and it states that that money out of the sewer fund can only be used to increase sewer capacity, not storm drain. They gave them the $3.6 million out of your sewer fund to increase their storm drain capacity. So the money was spent illegally, plus... It was just a way to subsidize a developer from the same client-developer relationship. So you don't think they got a big bonus for getting them 3.6 million bucks? Bet your ass they did. Same developer at Lake Ridge, same lobbyist, follow the money. Interesting. So there they took money out of your sewer fund for that project. Plus, look at what monstrosity they built out there with that density and the traffic and how it's going to affect everything. It's going to be something else. Eddie Lorton. From northern Nevada, here in Reno, Nevada, I want to thank you for being on our show today, and I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in as well. Next week, same time, same station, tell your friends, and they'll tune in too to make a great deal on real estate and real estate for investors. Until then, goodbye, everybody. You have been listening to Nevada Real Estate Radio with Peter Padilla. We value your listenership and appreciate your feedback. Want to talk with Peter? Send an email to Peter at NevadaRealEstateRadio.com.